Hello and welcome to Drunken Science. Hello. Hello. Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, earthquakes. Interesting. And all things related. All things related to earthquakes. Yes. Moonquakes? No. Marsquakes? No. Okay. Just some things related to earthquakes. So, a uh, bit of history. Back in 1912. Wait, 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 wait. What? You can't do history. I, I can do history. You can't even, you can barely do science, never mind history. I can do whatever the hell I like. So back in 1912, yeah. uh, some cool dude called Alfred Wenegger. <laughs> Where's he from? I have no idea. I don't care. Sorry. But this dude, he came up with the theory of continental drift. Did he really? Yes. But uh, he didn't know how the continents drifted or anything, and he, he thought that the plates just ploughed through the crust of the Earth. Whatever, he, he didn't mean like that. But, but he, he came onto the idea of continents drifting. Right. Uh, through the 1950s to the 70s, uh, the developed the plate tectonic theory. And what's that then? That is basically that the Earth's crust is made up of different plates, which is the uh, lithosphere, and then there's the uh, mantle, which is the asthenosphere. Right, so basically the Earth's crust is made up of different pieces. Yes, lots of different pieces. Right, different pieces, and uh, mm. what happens with these pieces? Well, with regards to uh, earthquakes, uh, in general, they they usually happen at the boundaries. So where, to where the, the pieces to the plates. meet other yeah, pieces. Where, where the plates meet to the plates. And there's generally three types of boundaries between them. There's the convergent plate boundary, which is where one plate moves underneath a neighbour plate and into the mantle or they squash together and they move upwards and form mountains right. and then you've got the divergent plate boundary which is where the plates move apart from each other when the gap then is usually filled by magma uh, lava rises and it forms new crust and then you've got the uh, the transform boundary which is where plates move side by side each other. They were, they rub against each other and brush past. Well, in, a, in, a, in an erotic way? Uh, y yes. It, it could be considered erotic, I guess. Uh, and what would be... No, and the, the Earth literally does move. <laughs> well played. Uh, the San Andreas Fault is probably one of the most famous ones of these. Uh, and on as featured in the movie A View to a Kill. Is it? Yes. Okay. Christopher Walken's villain wanted to put was putting like lots and lots of explosives at the bottom of it to uh, so that the earth there would be an earthquake or something. And um, oh, Silicon split the earth in two. Silicon Valley was uh, was was drowned or whatever, so his mm. place would be the best ever. That would be the best ever. The best ever. <laughs> also featured in Superman, but moving on. 
There should be more villains that want to make their place the best ever. <laughs> they could do it up a bit, but no, let's just throw it everywhere else. Well, yeah, uh, generally, fault lines generally occur at these uh, boundaries. Uh, they can also occur mid-plate, where so that the plate sort of moves away from itself and splits in the middle, if you like. Really? Yes. And uh, generally, most earthquakes occur along these fault lines, where there's generally a, a build-up of energy on the fault lines. Uh, there's this friction between the two sort of plates or whatever, and and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of friction between them, sort of stopping each other moving, and then all of a sudden, just a little bit of it gives, and the, and it's that sudden jolt that causes the earthquake. When you say jolt, you're not referring to the drink, right? No. Okay. And uh, sort of moving on to uh, the seismographs, which we used to record the uh, and measure the earthquakes. Originally used in the uh, Richter scale. But not anymore. But not anymore. We'll move well, on to well, the media call it the Richter scale, so, yeah. but uh, scientists do. Yeah, because the media is stupid. Indeed. But yeah, the the seismograph in. In really, really simple terms, it's it's you know, like some sort of large weight, like a pendulum, sort of suspended within a device that sort of vibrates when the Earth shakes and records the movement of the Earth. That's a very simple one. Is the very first one that was ever made that we think was in uh, one three two A.D. by some Chinese guy called uh, Zhang Heng. Which was a bronze vessel, two meters in diameter, and had eight dragon heads around it. In each head, there was a ball, and when there was an earthquake, the ball would drop from one of the heads into a bronze frog at the bottom. And you could tell which direction the earthquake was coming from by which dragon had dropped a ball. <laughs> So when the dragon's balls drop, that's yeah. when you know there's an earthquake. Yeah, essential. Uh, then in it must uh, have been very sensitive. It must have been. It, it's one of these really old, ancient sort of contraptions that they've found and can't figure out exactly how it's working. It's not in fully working order. Anything, yeah. and, uh, well, it is like two thousand years old. Yeah, it's like that really ancient computer that they've that they dug up. Yes, uh, under the... Well, no, they didn't dig it up, it was under oh. the sea. Yeah. Fuck knows how they had a computer out there. But then they're not sure if that's an actual computer or, yeah. or not. <laughs> well. But then they say that about Papage's thing. Carry on. Well, yeah, back in 19... Uh, not back in... Well, it is now. Well, moving forward from then. <laughs> but back for us. Yes. Uh, Mr. Charles F. Richter... Introduced. What, did, what, what did he do? <laughs> he, he introduced the little-known uh, Richter scale. Interesting. Which is a logarithmic scale with a factor of 10, meaning that uh, uh, so a, a Richter scale of 4 is 10 times stronger than 3. And so on. 5 is 10 times stronger than 4. So 5 is 100 times stronger than 3. Yeah. And so on and so on. It gets really strong. What's the difference between point two and point one? 
Uh, are, are you doing maths? <laughs> yeah. It's point one. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. <laughs> Is it one? Mm-hmm. Yes, one. Okay. Sorry, yes, yeah, one. It will. It will be one, won't it? Yeah. And essentially, anything that is under two is basically undetectable to humans. And there are 1.3 million earthquakes a year that are above two. But that would include like ones in England. Yeah. It include everything worldwide. Since the 1970s, though, uh, most of the world. Uh, Generally not Russia, they 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 still tend to use the Richter scale over in Russia. Uh, the rest of the world generally tends to use the moment magnitude scale. So this is a, another scale. Yeah. So many scales. Mm. But in in real terms, it doesn't vary that much from the Richter scale. But it's just a more accurate measurement of the power of the earthquake. It. It bases it more on the energy released of the earthquake than the Richter scale does. Well, yeah, there, there's the power of the earthquake, which doesn't change, and then there's the power of the earthquake wherever you are, which depends on where you are. Mm. I think you're getting it. And as you mentioned earlier, the media generally reports the moment magnitude scale as being the Richter scale. Because if if you transfer them across, there's generally not much difference between them. Uh, six on the Richter scale sometimes translates to like six point three on the moment magnitude scale, and there's there's usually not that much difference between them. They they both use a similar scale, and it's just the uh, the MMS is more accurate. There is also a third scale that uh, they used to measure. Earthquakes, and that's the Macaulay scale, which was generally just based on eyewitness reports to estimate the magnitude of the earthquake. That's going to be great. Yeah, that, that's fantastic, isn't it? So, so what did you think that one was? Six. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in a hospital. <laughs> so, uh, so, so it's a big one then. So, it's, so it's two. <laughs> no, I'm getting my bunions out. Yeah, it is the least accurate scale ever. Anyway, moving on then. Uh, earthquakes. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Earthquakes. Mo- moving on. Earthquakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they they've got they produce seismic waves. Uh, initially, there's the body waves, and they produce initially the P wave, the primary wave, which is the fastest which moves along the surface of the waves and also through the fluids yes it it moves the particles in the rock a bit like air a bit like sound through air what the band? no <coughs> and uh, and sometimes animals such as dogs can hear this movement which is why so that dogs Animals are said to be able to predict earthquakes because they can hear these preliminary waves that are going through the earth. Indeed. Then there's the the S waves that come uh, after it, which are a bit slower. They only move through rock, and uh, this was part of the reason why the scientists were able to conclude that the outer 
core of the earth is made of liquid because if you measure from where an earthquake hit and you measure it from all the way around the world around the world there's a, there's parts of the world where it stops being able to be detected because in a direct line it starts hitting the the liquid bit if you like the molten bit and it doesn't reach the other side of the earth it becomes a blind spot no. and then after that you've got your surface waves which are a lower frequency and these are the ones almost entirely responsible for the damage caused which these are reduced in the deep earthquakes which is generally where the oceanic plates move under continental plates if you like and they occur deep down and for like last hundred years scientists have had no idea how these earthquakes occur because at that sort of depth the pressure is supposed to be too large to stop rock fracturing and creating earthquakes but there's a team of scientists recently uh, just these last few weeks in fact that think they've discovered how it's happening which is basically uh, a mineral in the upper mantle called olivine when it undergoes a phase transition into spinal spinal, I don't know how you say it, which is a high density material fractures appear and they spread rapidly out propagating some intense acoustic emissions so, so when olives turn into spines that's, yeah. that's when it happens yeah I mean, this has only been done so far on uh, on simulations and stuff, and they intend to move the study forward and investigate real-life samples of the actual olivine. Mm-hmm. But, but as it stands, uh, this looks like how these uh, earthquakes actually do happen that have been puzzling scientists for the last number years. Of these uh, surface waves, there uh, there is the love wave. <laughs> I've no idea why they call it that. I didn't have time to look into it. But uh, they, these are the fastest ones, and they shake the Earth side to side. And then there's the uh, Rayleigh wave, uh, which is the one that causes the most shaking and damage. It rolls along the ground like a wave and shakes the Earth up and down and side to side. So moving on to a bit of trivia. Okay. A bit of uh, trivia. People dying. Yeah. Uh, recent uh, earthquake in central Pakistan, which uh, happened in late September. It was uh, a magnitude 7.7. 300 died, 700 injured. But these are actually frequent in the area. There's uh, there is an intersection of several continental plates, but it's actually a large one for the area one part actually moved 10 foot relative to another part but the most interesting part of this one is on the shore of uh, Padizir there it, a new island formed about 80 meters diameter 20 meters high and this is uh, due to methane ice buried offshore that was released and as it rose it brought up a load of mud with it which created a sort of mud volcano Ah. It's thought in a, in a couple of months it'll probably uh, disappear, they say, as uh, as gases uh, 
as the trap gas is slowly escaping and as it escapes the mud will sink sort of sink again and with tidal effects the mud will get washed away so also that that island within mm. a day there was litter on it as people went over to it just to have a look at the island yes so yeah I'm moving on to a bit of history then uh, today in the past back in 1966 there was a magnitude 8.1 in Peru off the coast of uh, Calio 125 lives were claimed uh, with the town of Huachu being the most damaged with uh, 20,000 people left homeless one street was actually split by a chasm several feet wide and it caused a tsunami of 11.34 when you say today what day was that the day this podcast is released which is thursday the something i don't know what day it is thursday's finally <laughs> on my birthday in the past 28th of october there was a magnitude 6.9 in that. Idaho. Idaho. Yes. Uh, two died, two injured, and there was a 35 kilometer fault with a vertical displacement of 2.7 meters. What, what year was this? I f- I forgot what year this was. But I can find out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and again, uh, um, for your birthday on the uh, 2nd of July, again, I forgot the year, but uh, there was a a magnitude 7.1 in Iran, which was one of the world's deadliest earthquakes, with 1,200 dead. Besides many villages being destroyed by the earthquake, it caused many landslides from the mountain ranges that destroyed just as many villages. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite often that the uh, after effects are worse. Well, look at Japan. Mm. The tsunami, which was obviously caused by an earthquake. Yeah, that that wasn't a small one. So there's your uh, happy filled uh, joyous science extravaganza of earthquakes. Happy sleep time, everyone. Happy sleep. Super, super, super.